This past week, I was auditioning for an army commercial and a music video, but the shooting dates conflicted with each other. So I was going back and forth on choosing which role I wanted to audition for, and I thought I made my agent mad for being so indecisive. And I realized how much anxiety this gave me because I care a lot about what my agent thinks of me. I was rewording my emails over and over again because I didn't want her to get mad at me. And I also have a new roommate moving in this month, and I was super anxious in how I worded my messages to her. In my mind, I thought about, is saying this phrase rude? Does it come off judgmental? Why hasn't she replied yet? Are we going to not get along? And keep in mind, she hasn't even moved in yet. And as I was driving this morning, I realized I care so much about what other people think about me. Am I a kind person? Am I sensitive enough to catch all the nonverbal communication that went on in my house? Will people misjudge my intentions? And I think in the middle of it, Jesus said to me, but who do I say you are? So today we are going to dive into who God says we are in the Bible. Hey everyone, my name is Jamie and welcome to Dear Younger Me. This podcast is dedicated to giving advice to my younger self in hopes that it will also help other people who might be going through similar things. I will be talking about everything ranging from how to not be shy in elementary school, how to figure out my career path in high school, how to build genuine friendships with people after college, all the way to how to navigate my own Christian faith. I just hope that this podcast can be me being an older sister, giving helpful advice to all the young people and maybe even older people out there. In this episode, I will be talking about what the Bible says about our identities. So before we talk about our identity, let's talk about what identity is and why it's important. Identity is the image you have about who you are and the characteristics you have. So for example, people will define themselves as, I am a consultant at a tech company, I am a waitress, I am a mom, I am a student, I am black, Asian American, white. It's kind of like how you categorize yourself in the world. So who you identify as plays a really important role because it influences how you think, speak, act, and live. And in order to live a life that's in line with what God has planned for you, you need to know what your identity is. So let's dive into some key Bible verses of who God says we are. The first one is, I am created in the image of God. In Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We were created with inherent value in us. So that means that we don't have to work to be valuable. We're already just born with value. Number two, I am God's and he is mine. John 10, 27 to 30 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Meaning, if God has chosen you to be his beloved, you will never be able to be taken away, ever. God has you in his hand and you are completely and 100% safe there. Number three, I am loved by God. John three sixteen to 17 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Number four, I have access to God through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. 
Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, we can now speak to God through Jesus, and we don't have to go to a human being, another human being who is imperfect in order to speak to God. We can just speak to him kind of just in our heads and in our hearts, and that's amazing because you have direct access to the Almighty God who created the whole universe. Number five, I am not condemned for my sin. Romans 8, 1-4 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I also want to mention that there is a huge difference between guilt and conviction. The first one is from the devil and the latter is from the Holy Spirit. Guilt makes you ashamed and it makes you feel like you can never measure up again or be sorry enough for what you did and it makes you want to hide from God. But conviction makes you want to say sorry to God, run towards him and know that Jesus' death was enough for all of your sin and it doesn't make you anxious. So the next time you're not sure if it's guilt or if it's conviction, ask yourself if you want to run towards God. And if it doesn't make you want to run towards him, then it's false guilt and you don't need any of that on your shoulders. So just brush it off and continue on with your life. Number six, the Holy Spirit lives in me and therefore speaks to me and gives me power to do all he's commanded me to do. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Number seven, I am Jesus's friend. John 15, 14 to 15. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. This means we get to be close to Jesus and we get to take part in all that he's called us to do. We get to share with others this good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. And Jesus doesn't keep any secrets from us. It says here that all that he's heard from God, he tells us. Number eight, I am an heir to the kingdom of heaven. Romans 8, 15 to 17. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and of children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So when the Bible says that we are an heir to the kingdom of heaven, that means that we have a right to everything that's in the kingdom of heaven. We are guaranteed to inherit the kingdom prepared for us from the foundation of the world after this earthly world is over and we get to have eternal life with God. And it's amazing because we're also royalty, right? We are sons and daughters of the most royal high king, and that should make us feel like we are valued and we are special because that's also how God sees us. Number nine, we are no longer slaves to sin. 
meaning we don't have to give in to sin. Sin is no longer our master, and instead we are slaves to righteousness. And before you were saved, you couldn't help but sin. But now that you are saved, we can choose not to sin. Romans 6, 16-23 Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Number 10. I am chosen, holy and blameless before God. Ephesians 1, 3-10 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Number 11. I am a new creation. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When it says that you are a new creation, it means that you are no longer defined by who you were before God saved you. You are no longer full of anger and hate and bitterness, and instead you are a new creation and God has literally given you a new heart and a new spirit. Number 12. I am a child of God. John 1, 12-13 But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So when it says that you are a child of God, it means that you get to talk to God, your father. He gives you good gifts. He loves you. He forgives you. He protects and looks after you, just like any father would. But he's the best father of all. Number 13. I am a child of light. 1 Thessalonians 5, 4-10 but you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation." For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain a salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. And what this means is that we don't have to be scared of the coming of Jesus. We have Jesus' blood to cover our sins, and we're no longer walking in darkness. We are children of light, which means that we can do everything in the light, and we don't have anything to hide from God. Number 14. Apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. John 15, 1-5 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. I think it's really easy for Christians to say, oh, I haven't sinned this past week, and I'm doing really good, so that means I don't need Jesus. But really, the truth of the matter is we need Jesus every single day. We sin unintentionally, and we sin intentionally sometimes as well. And no matter how good of a streak that you have for not sinning, we're always desperate for God's grace and for Jesus's love on us. And so every single day, just continue to ask him to give you strength and know that apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. Number 15, my sins are washed clean from Jesus's blood. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So when you think of all the times that you've sinned and you feel convicted and you feel like you can never get close to God, know that your sins are washed away forever and they're continually being washed and Jesus's blood will continually cover you. So just know that you will never ever be too far from God. You can always go to him and repent for he is faithful and just and he is faithful to forgive you of all of your sins. Number 16. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Romans 8.35-39 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is one of my favorite verses because it says that no matter what the devil or what other people say to you about God not loving you, that doesn't make him love you any less. His love is right there. It's waiting for you, surrounding you in your darkest nights, and no lie or person can take that away from you. Number 17. I am made intimately. Psalm 139, 13-14. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. This psalm is so beautiful because it says that God made you with all details in mind. He knows the number of hairs that are on your head, and he knows exactly where he's placed the freckles that are on your cheek. And you are made with love, and he cares so much about you, and he thinks about you all the time. Number 18. I carry the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection in my body. 2 Corinthians 4-7 But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. This verse is basically saying that even though our bodies are weak and are dying physically, 
and we are broken people and we are sinful and we still sin even after we're saved, Jesus still wanted the good news to be inside of us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit and we have the gospel that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us inside of us and we can share that to other people with power. And it's just amazing because that's how much God values us. Like he wants to put this treasure inside of us even though we are broken. Number 19, he chose to save me even before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1, 4-6 Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. What this verse is also getting at is that God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit loves you so much that they thought about you before they created anything else, before the foundation of the world was even set. They wanted to have a relationship with you and they wanted to pursue you and make you in their image. And it's just amazing because it shows how high of a priority we are in God's eyes. And I hope that gives you life. Alright, these are just some of the truths that the Bible says about our identity. There is a lot more in the Bible and I encourage you guys to keep looking for those truths and to just to keep believing in them. Now I want to talk about some of the lies that the devil places in our heads in order to make us doubt the goodness of God and how valuable we are in his eyes. And some of the lies may sound like this. You're not doing enough. You have to do in order to be loved. You're wasting the time you spend with Jesus. You have no purpose in life. You're better off dead. You can't trust who God says you are. You are a failure. And you're not complete without a significant other. It's crazy because the devil is crafty in how he speaks these lies to you. So they might sound different, but the underlying tone is the same, that you're not valuable. So whenever you hear these these negative thoughts and these lies... Know that they are not from God because God only speaks truth in life. And God would never say that you're a failure or that you're not complete or that you're not lovable because his Bible says the opposite and he's a God that never changes. I hope that in the depths of your heart, you know that you're already created with value and that no one can take that away from you. You don't have to look to what the world says or what your friends and family or even what you say about yourself because... You already know what God says about you in the Bible, and that's the truth and the complete truth. So I hope these verses will carry more truth into your life and will give you the courage to become all that God has planned for you. Try speaking these truths over your life on a daily basis and have faith that they are true and you'll start to see yourself how God sees you. Alright guys, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it, and if you did, please share it with your friends and family, or better yet, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean a lot to me. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!